Not much better than meaningful football in December. And here go the Rams off to Dallas to play one of the most important games of the season, not just for Los Angeles, but for the Dallas Cowboys as well, who are still in great position to prevail in the NFC East, where it seems like no one wants to win the division. We say good evening to DeMarco Farr, Maurice Jones, Drew. I'm JB Longfellas. How are we? I'm doing great. You know, uh, anytime, like you said, is meaningful football in December. It's, it's the holiday season. And it's a season for giving and taking. And so, uh, is that like a white elephant? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I just think, you know, anytime you get the opportunity to, to play a, a quality opponent or a playoff opponent, no matter what the record is, you want to definitely show up. So I'm excited to see what it's like this weekend. I'm stressed out. I haven't finished Christmas shopping yet. See, Maurice went shopping on the road. He's yeah. the smart guy. Yeah, That's you got it done in relaxed. Arizona, right? Hey, yeah. yeah. Listen, I he came back like met. Santa from the desert. I'm hey. going crazy. I got to get to the mall. Yeah, see, that's the problem. You gotta, yeah. you gotta know when you have that free time, man. Sleep, sleep is for the 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 weary. I'm trying to go get this stuff done so wow. I can relax. Demarco, <laughs> at least that's distracting you from stressing out about the Cowboys. Who, when you look up and down uh, their roster, yeah. it's hard to believe their record is what it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you get what you deserve, and I guess when you watch their offense go and you see what they can do, and I mean, who wouldn't want a Zeke Elliott? The playground bully. Uh, if you don't have somebody out there that can absolutely knock his head off, he's going to run everybody over. Is that fair? That is he's that dude. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's big. He's looking for corners. He's trying to run you over. But, I mean, the mistakes they make, I mean, I guess you deserve the record you have right now. That's why the hit that Dante Fowler put on him in the divisional round last yeah. year, I feel like, was so much more than just a tackle, right? Because it sent a message about who was going to win the running game on both sides of the football, right? You had C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley going over 100. And then you have an outside linebacker shouldering one of the toughest tackles to the turf early. I think that was a resounding statement. Yeah, anytime you get in those type of games, you want to make a statement. And and, and I was always told as a, as a young child, when you play defense, you, you're already behind the eight ball. So the one thing that you can you can do to neutralize a lot of things is the ability to hit someone as hard as you can and, and put, try to put that fear uh, of going across the middle or running the ball in certain areas at them. So uh, I think this is going to be one of those games. You know, you got to go into Dallas. They're, they're not feeling well. You have to start fast. Like anytime What's wrong you play, with them? They're not feeling well? Yeah, they're not. I mean, he lost three oh, straight, mean, seven oh, of ten. Like, yeah, they're also not feeling well physically. I mean, yeah. Leighton, Leighton Van Der Esch won't go again. They got 14 yeah. Cowboys on the injury report. Two yeah, varying they're, they're, degrees they're, of severity. But, but the, one, the thing that I've noticed, when you, especially throughout the league, when you play these teams that are struggling, you want to start fast. You want to start fast and jump on them real quick. Especially a team that's fragile with respect to its coaching staff, right? Yeah. I mean, everything we've heard for the better part of the last month or more during this losing streak is that Jarrett, Jason Garrett's time is running short. Conversely, I think you put it this way, that Sean McVay has his mojo back, right? Isn't that the text that you referenced on Monday Night oh, yeah. Marco? Yeah, yeah. The offense looks good, right? And, and it feels like that locker room is bought in. I think so. I mean, Robert Woods walking into the locker room, he he, he shouted something out, and it's it stuck with me. Um we're taking over, and we're back in this blank. You yeah. can finish that. Uh, it, just the way he said it and how he said it and what the guys said around it when they came in. Yeah, they, they, they're feeling good about themselves. Uh, the Arizona blowout and then beating your rival, Seattle. And you heard what McVeigh said about what he thought about Seattle the first time they played. So all that stuff, the psychology of football this time of year, it seems to lean towards the Rams getting better. And it's funny. if Let's say Todd Gurley outrushes Zeke Elliott by 100 yards. I know, hypothetically. The plan to save God, uh, Todd Gurley towards the end of the year and then unleash him in December actually looks good if Zeke starts to slow down with an overused back. You know what I mean? So we'll see which philosophy actually 
plays out better on game day. Well, I think that's the thing that that that, uh, that gets me because I feel like Dallas doesn't use Zeke at all. Like they they they've gone literally to the passing game. What we what we saw the first eight ten weeks of the Ram season. That's what the Cowboys have been trying to throw the ball all around the yard, trying to really show like why like this new offense is going to be this instead of just. Look, yeah, you have a great uh, passing concept off of your running game. Run the ball, though. And so that's the one thing that I, I, I want to see how patient Kellen Moore will be this weekend. Because I, I think young play caller, new to this thing, if he gets down quick, he he will abandon the run game quick, fast, and in a hurry. And that's what you want. That's how you beat the Cowboys. You know what's wild about that is the role reversal between Dallas and Los Angeles. And what I mean by that is without Gerald Everett, Sean only had two active tight ends last week, and he used three receivers on 25% of plays, the lowest of his tenure here in Los Angeles, right? It's so counterintuitive, but it was wildly successful. Conversely, the Cowboys are the best 11 personnel team in the entire NFL suddenly in terms of yardage and production, but it hasn't translated to wins necessarily, and they're not fully committed to it. So they seem to have this identity crisis that the Rams were struggling with a month ago, and all of a sudden the Rams are multiple and subbing and fresh, and it's all clicking. Wow. Uh, I remember it was funny uh, when Dick Vermeil first came in. He was a a three-hour-a-day, twice-a-day type guy, and then we had to talk him out of that sort of preparation mentality and get into the modern era and he hated every second of it he didn't trust us at all i think we rattled off what four or five games in a row we looked great he still didn't trust the fact that we could have a victory monday he thought we needed to work and work and work and work i think we're seeing that with sean mcveigh in your offense um you can go 11 uh, a lot if you want but they have caught up to you you need to come back with something else some other personnel groups give them something else uh to think about uh, there are holes in 11 personnel, especially for yes. a defense. You can attack the pocket with reckless abandon out of 11. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so you can play that game. Uh, what are we giving up versus the hits we get on Jared? So I think we're slowly starting to see Sean McVay expand the playbook, which is great for us, great for the Rams. Well, I think, again, you have to look across the league at some of the top offenses. And I know a lot of people want to talk about the Niners offense, but I'm just going to say the Saints, for example. They scored 46 points against that Niners defense. Think about that. And they did it out of multiple ways. They lost their big tight end who they were utilizing the first quarter. I mean, like, he scored twice in the first quarter on two catches, gets put out of the game. But 46 is like a month's worth for that Niners defense. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So when you, when you come to adjust and you, and I think you're exactly right, DeMarco, when you start to realize, okay, everyone has this 11 package dialed in. Let me throw something else at him. Maybe it's a 21 package. Maybe it's a, you know, 12 package. Maybe it's a 31 package. I just, you start doing multiple things and you're still running the, the, what people don't understand, you're still running the same plays. It's just different personnel and different formations. Your guys play faster and it makes the defense think a little bit more. And that's where you're starting to see these creases come open. I do think it goes back to DeMarco's point from last week where it's not just Sean. Like Sean can dial up a great game plan, but. When Todd Gurley is running like he was running on that touchdown to seal the game last week, oh, yeah, it's a whole different game. Can it's you, a whole different game. Maurice, tell me the, the the dynamic between lead back and head coach. Does that get testy every now and then? I mean, it depends. You're it, the guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it depends because you know every. I I remember vividly. I want to say it might have been my third or fourth year, maybe my fourth year. Um, that was my third year. We're playing Minnesota. And we were a run-first team in Jacksonville. And so 
we're in Minnesota. We first of all we start the game of shotgun, which we had never done since I've been there in the last four years or three years. And the center snaps it as if he's the quarterback's under center. So the fumble, they scoop and score. We're down seven nothing, right? So then we go back. Something else happens, and we're down fourteen nothing within like a blink of an eye. I was like, what? What is going on? And so that was the one time that I got tested because they wanted to air the ball out. Like, oh, we got it. We're down 14. We got to come back. Like, oh, we run the ball. Let us run the ball and get in rhythm. Maybe we score, make it 14-7 or 14-3, and, you know, we can kind of chip our way back at it. We don't have to score 14 points in, in two plays, you know? And that was those those are the times you start to get testy, I feel yeah. like, because you, you start to see everything cave in. And I think that's what the Rams saw uh, after that Pittsburgh game was like, Everything that we're doing is kind of is all caving in on us. It's yeah. not working, and so finally, it's kind of like, all right, let's try something new. You go to Chicago, you just run the ball on three straight downs, you punt it, and your defense wins games. And then all of a sudden, that brings builds a little confidence. You have your stumble against the Baltimore Ravens, but then you get back to who you are, and, and that's the key: is always getting yeah. back to who you are. I, just like Mike Zimmer in in um, Minnesota, what do you say to Dalvin Cook? He's thirty five percent of your offense. I would be Jason Garrett. I just. <laughs> Everything he does, I would just clap. Yeah, you know he's he's your guy. He's carrying you. So I, I hope that Sean McVay, Todd Gurley have worked it out, or maybe this was the plan all along. Hmm. We will get the latest on the future of Jason Garrett when we get into four down territory in this episode of Rams All Access with Demarco Far, Maurice Jones, Drew, I'm JB Long. Let's hit on the defense next, though. It might be the best since the Rams have come back to Los Angeles. The way they are playing now, will it be enough to take the Rams to the postseason? You're listening to Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710. I mean, they've got just as much to battle for as we do. And, and, you know, with us, I mean, we really need to win out in order to secure ourselves a spot. So, um, you know, despite the record, we expect to, uh, you know, get the best Cowboys uh, team that you can expect. And you're right, with all the playmakers they have on their team, uh, the record doesn't match that. And that's not one thing we're going to be, you know, lulled into believing is that, you know, we're facing a 500 team or, or one that, you know, because... I mean, they, they don't look like that when they're rolling, and you know, you just hope you don't get that team when they are rolling. Demarco's laughing at Clay Matthews as we come back to this segment of Rams All Access. It's just only fitting that when you're talking to a Matthews, you'd hear like an iron bar drop in the background. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's it's just really fitting. Yeah, they 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 play like iron workers. That that interview taking place in the Rams weight room. Apparently. No doubt. Yeah. yeah, working hard, working hard. Wow. Uh, so has the Rams defense though, and I think uh, it's worth pointing out that since the Rams three game losing streak, since they acquired Jalen Ramsey, since they've settled into more of the scheme that they want to play play under Wade Phillips. Uh, their sack totals have spiked, and even with that blowout loss against the Ravens baked in, you can make the case that this is the best defense in the NFL. The best defense in the NFL. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I was on Twitter just reading some stats, and I, I think if you take out that 45-point debacle on mm-hmm. Monday night, they're, they're, they're allowing 10 points a game. With that, they're allowing 15 points a game. Right? And, and if if Someone went to Sean McVay and said, look, I can get a defense that's going to uh, – literally, I can guarantee they're going to allow 15 points a game. Can you win games with that? That's all you want. That's all you can ask. Like, yeah. like And, and, and those just, around the league might have said, why are we even playing the season then? Right. If, if the Rams are only going to allow 10 or 15 per game, it's over. Yeah, especially with the way you know they've been able to score uh, over the last couple of weeks. So it's it's one of those things where I, I think it's starting – they're starting to play complementary football. The first couple of years, it was just offense, 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 offense. Right. And then last year in the playoffs, the defense showed up when the offense stumbled. But now I think they're starting to understand. They're kind of finding that groove where it's like a breath of fresh air. It's like you breathe in and you exhale. 
like they're working together and then special teams is making their their you know their statement as well so uh it just seems like that defense you know in the second half of the Seattle game they they took it over and we talked about that on the broadcast. It's like, okay, Jared's starting to struggle right now. I mean, he threw a pick six and a, and a second interception in the third quarter, and the defense didn't, didn't blink. Didn't blink. No, and so covered it up. And that's what you have to do. I mean, it seems like it seems as if Aaron Donald's starting to get more pressure consistently. Fowler, the the DBs are covering better. Everyone is doing what they're supposed to do. Jalen Ramsey coming over has been. I mean, I'm a believer. That's why when you said his name, I threw my hand up. I, I'm a believer. You hear a guy is the best in the league, and then it's one thing to actually see it right in front of you. You think that's the biggest ingredient? Well, he's you're playing with ten offensively. I mean, you can come at him. I mean, guys have caught passes in front of him or over the top, but I mean, it's few and far between. He takes away the receiver he's on. Mm-hmm. I mean, he absolutely elim- eliminates that guy. Either physically he's killing that guy, or psychologically with the quarterback, they just won't test him. So Troy Hill gets a lot of work. Um, I think Wade Phillips understands that. I think everyone understands that. And like you said, the pass rush is getting there. Aaron is starting to heat up. That's like saying he cooled off at some point, but he didn't. I mean, but he's starting to get there more frequently, getting guys on the ground. Fowler has been, you know, you showed you showed me the video of that two man game they ran with Fowler. With Fowler, I mean, there was there was no daylight between them. I mean, they've been doing this for a while. They're trained pass rushers. If you get Matthews back to where he was before he got hurt, you see what Samson Abicom can do. And speaking of him, hasn't it been a year since he dropped a million dollars in the Coliseum? I mean, Dak Prescott threw him a touchdown and he dropped it in the playoffs. Remember that? Yeah, Yeah, it's been a year, but he's been coming on. So if you can get to the quarterback consistently, which you can, and you have a cornerback like Jalen Ramsey, you better be top five or better. I mean, or fire your coordinator. You know what I mean? What else you got? Rams All Access is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. I have a follow-up thought on Aaron Donald and the season he's having, but let's hear from him first on the Rams already surpassing their sack total from a year ago. It really didn't. We were just talking about that early. I was like, I've seen we got like 43 sacks from the season. That's pretty That's, that's pretty good. But, um, you know, we, we got room for improvement. Um, I know we missed a lot of sacks. Um, but, you know, all we got room for improvement. Keep getting better. So um, we got a good group, um, a lot of good pass rush, a lot of guys getting after us. So you got to keep that up. I tripped. Uh, there was a sack in a game where Aaron Donald was on the bench. And I had to think, when's the last time I've seen that? Yeah. You know why it felt that way? Why? It's only happened four times this season. <laughs> really? Wow. So that was probably the fourth <laughs> yeah. of four this year. You know how many times it happened last season? How many? Zippo? <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, wow. That's So when you have that, think about this. So that means you've got other guys that can get to the passer and... Your best guy, the best player on the planet, is resting. So yeah. you can get to them without him. So imagine what it's going to be like when he comes back on the field rested. I think part of the last year, they missed Robert Quinn. And it's yeah. interesting we're going to see him this week because when they traded him away to Miami, I think that was a big reason why they couldn't generate pass rush without Aaron Donald. I, I mean, for a while, it was one and two. It was who's better between the two. And Robert Quinn can bend that right edge better than anybody I've seen. That's why they used to call him Gumby. But mm. it happens. I mean, you had to shift the money somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, well, yeah. <laughs> I, it's, it's funny because Dante Fowler has a lot of Robert Quinn in him when it comes to pass and turning the corner. I mean, the sack that he had, the half a sack that he had, like Aaron Donald obviously beats uh, – Fluker there, but I mean, I don't think uh, Jermaine or Fetty t- 
touched Dante Fowler as he was bent in that corner and he dropped his right shoulder yeah. and was able just to you know grab a hold of Russell Wilson. So Dante can do it both sides though. That's the difference, right? Like you're yeah. saying this week it's Rob Quinn against um against and I, Andrew Whitworth. Yeah, and I never say this. If you want to secure the bag, yeah, you got to. You got to be able to do it from both sides. Yeah. And, and, and if you're just a one side guy, then you got to be dominant over there. But I mean, to make that money, you've got to be able to do it from everywhere because you have to pick on the weak. Um, and let me say this: uh, shout out to my man Tim Ryan. Complexion aside, deprogram yourself from running quarterbacks, and you're three and one against the mobile elite. You got Lamar Jackson. You lost to Trubisky running quarterback. You just beat Kyler and you just beat Russell Wilson, but deprogram yourself when you're facing Dak Prescott. Mm. He's about as much as a run threat as Warren Moon ever was. He's a pocket guy. Yeah. Now, sometimes he holds it, and that creates the scrambles, but forget about contain. Go after him. Yeah. Yeah, everyone. So you don't have to worry about these dual threat guys. Just go after him like you would, say, a Jared Goff. Get him in the pocket. Going back and watching that Seahawks game, I, I do have to say it could have looked differently without two critical drops. And, and the receiving core for Dallas presents, I think, a greater challenge than what the Rams saw last week. Even though I think Metcalf has a very bright future, Tyler Lockett is not right. He's not himself. No. Um, and then kind of two other receivers in supporting roles, a receiver and a tight end, I should say, both made critical drops. And and when you get off the field defensively because of an offensive miscue, your sack totals, everything else seemed, seemed to line up. Hey, they got to make them too. That's one thing I was taught on defense. Sometimes let's just line up and give them the outs. Let's see if they can complete it. Yeah. And sometimes this guy will one-hop it and we'll get off the field. Right. Yeah. It's still a win. Right. I, I will say this about Aaron Donald too. When we heard from him, I wanted to circle back to this. He's, I think, being discounted as the defensive player of the year. There's some other great candidates, don't get me wrong. But if the Rams win enough games, I think he could and should be defensive player of the year again. The reason he won't be is because of what he did last year. Yeah. Like, the only reason he's not the front runner, I think, for defensive player of the year is because of what he did in 2018. He's competing against himself. Exactly right. Exactly right. (laughs) Let's get into that quarterback matchup a little bit. Because of the contract that Jared Goff got, because of the one, the offer at least, that Dak declined, a lot of this year was about the narrative, Jared Goff versus Dak Prescott. Now they go head-to-head in Week 15. This is Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710. Welcome back to Rams All Access. Jared Goff and the Rams off to Dallas for a critical contest for their playoff hopes. Last week against the Seahawks, Goff went 22 of 31, just shy of 300 yards passing, a couple of touchdowns, one to Cooper Cup, another to Robert Woods. Also those two interceptions, but according to the passing game coordinator, Shane Waldron, he shakes those picks off as well as any quarterback in the game. When the bad things happen, you know, he's steady Eddie. Uh, when things are going great, you know, he's he's excited and, you know, he might not show it like, you know, jumping all around and, and uh, rah-rah, but, you know, he's got that genuine enthusiasm. And, and like a lot of our guys, I think his his the most uh, or the time you see his enthusiasm show up the most is when he sees his teammates have success you know when he can see Todd uh, getting in there on a touchdown run or or if Cooper makes that that great catch on the inbreaker where he scored the touchdown on just Jared's reaction to his teammates success is is, is really where you're going to see his uh, his excitement level spike but when things aren't going well that's where you see him come right back to the bench learn from what he did take responsibility and, and then move right on to the next play. All right, we bring back in DeMarco Farr. Maurice Jones drew his opponent this week. Dak Prescott, 
and the Cowboys, and Dak's counting stats are outrageous. But if you kind of go inside his numbers a little bit, he has been slumping during this three-game losing streak. A lot of his production is coming in garbage time and known passing catch-up situations. The first three quarters of his last three games, his completion percentage under 60, under six yards per attempt, and a passer rating under 70. So back to kind of where you started, Maurice. If you can jump ahead of these Cowboys, you could put yourself in great position to defend Dak and this offense. Yeah, again, not only that, it's about starting fast. And, and, you know, so many times you, you, if you listen to the, like the uh, Mike Shanahan, how he used to speak, uh, when you start fast, especially when you're playing a bad opponent and you jump out a couple points on them, maybe 10, 14 points, uh, they start to put, it starts to put doubt. In their mind. And so uh, they know they're playing bad and they're fighting an uphill battle. So you want to you want to get that doubt to creep in again. Like, yo, like all this stuff that you're doing ain't going to work. And, and so they have reasons to play. Don't get me wrong. Like they, they the NFC East, you have Tavon Austin, Robert Quinn, like those they're telling their guys, like, look, I used to play for this organization. Like I was part of this. They let me go. They traded whatever it might have been. And so you have to you have to be prepared for all the the type of emotions that are going to come with it. They're going to start fast. They're going to try to, but if you're able to jump on them and and get Dak into those known passing situations where you know they have a weak link at guard right now, um, and so if you can find a way to get get after him, uh, all of a sudden it's going to be a problem. I'm not going to say his name because he went to UCLA. Do you want me to? Or <laughs> no, there's no reason to say. All right. <laughs> But he's been struggling. And number so, 76, if you're watching this week. That's right, number 76. So Get if you after can, him. If you can find a way to put him in those situations, all of a sudden it becomes a problem. What about on the other side? And Jared Goff specifically seems to have his swagger back. DeMarco, from like field level the last couple of weeks, does he look like a different quarterback than he did during that just November to forget? That's the guy you need to be. When when you compare Jared Goff to all these, like Kyler Murray to Russell Wilson to Lamar Jackson, remember the comparisons. And people compared him to Lamar Jackson without even saying it. I mean, I want a quarterback that moves like that. And what you're saying is, I don't want a quarterback like Jared Goff. But when you play like you did versus Seattle, when he plays fast in this sort of offense, you're a nightmare. When all your ball fakes and when you're booting and you're beating the defense, you know, you're getting the edge on the defense and then you got receivers that are matching you step for step. There is almost nothing you can do defensively right. but stand there and watch him throw the football for touchdowns. So if you can play that fast week in and week out, this offense is deadly. But that is predicated on the defense worrying about Todd first. And then the counterpunch is what you saw with Jared Goff. But I would rather have this, and I love that soundbite. I would rather have a smart guy who plays dumb versus the opposite. Versus a, smart, a guy who, Hold on. A smart guy yeah, who plays dumb. A smart quarterback who acts like Spicoli, acts like Sling Blade. Ugh, but he's really, really smart. You know what I mean? Okay. Versus a guy who's struggling, but he appears to, he wants to appear smart. You know what I mean? Gotcha. I'd rather have that than the opposite. So, uh, and with Dak, there seems to be some insecurity in his game. Have you guys seen this before? If you get your hands on one, not pick it, but get your hands on one, he starts to play tight because he's worried about throwing the pick. And he's he's better the after the pick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's better after the pick because he relaxes. But if you get your hands on one, for the rest of that drive, or maybe even the game, he plays tight. Hmm. You know what I mean? It seems like... He thinks you have him figured out, and that's the way he plays. Does that make any sense? It yeah. does. I, I just can't, for the life of me, and you guys have touched on this already, understand why they aren't playing more like the Rams have with Gurley lately. Like, I, I would try and make the Rams tackle Zeke 30 times on Sunday, wouldn't you? Uh, definitely. And when they, you said it earlier 
about their offense and they're searching for an identity. When I watch them, I get the feeling of watching Kaepernick in year two with Harbaugh when they changed everything. They, they went start, away from what he does throwing. best. Yeah, like, why, what are you doing? It doesn't make any I, let me, sense. Let me tell you what they're doing. Yeah. They're, so first and foremost, they're trying to justify the fact of why they're going to pay Dak all this money, right? Because they're going to have to, they're going to eventually going to have to pay him. Um, and so they're trying to justify, like, we got this great offense, these great pieces. We got instead of focusing on winning the game, like who cares? Sometimes you have to pay a guy just because, like that's part of the deal. That's just kind of part of the process, right? I think with the Rams with Tyler Higby for the longest, we're like, why did you pay Higby? And now all of a sudden you're starting to see all the, the back reason. to back hundred yard yeah, receiving like, games. Like yep. this is why he has the potential to do these different things. We just haven't been able to give him the ball. But I think. You paid Zeke ninety million dollars, a contract worth ninety million. Yet you don't want to utilize him, and you're and you're trying to you're trying to push this narrative that you know we're a throwing team. This is about Dak Prescott and what Dak can do and Amari can do because we want to lock Amari up and look at Gallup and we got Witten back and look at no like focus on winning games and everything else will take care of itself. And that's where you kind of get caught in the politics of football. I will say this though, I think part of it has to do with recently this losing streak. Who they played. New England, Buffalo, Chicago, those are all great defenses. I mean, those are all top five defenses, and here comes another one in the Rams. So I think that has dictated to the offense a little bit and to Dak as much as their circumstances have. But the point remains, their strength of victory is second worst in the league. Only Arizona has a worse strength of victory. So if you're 500 or better, they haven't put up much of a fight. They picked up their wins against sub-500 teams. So this kind of last three-game stretch for them is a little bit like what we were saying last week with respect to the Rams. Like, yeah, you've got a winning record, but your resume doesn't warrant inclusion in the postseason until you prove it against Seattle, Dallas, San Francisco. Wow. Look, I mean, I see the same thing you guys see with them. They got a bunch of Brahma Bulls up front as an offensive line, and you're asking them to go backwards. It doesn't make sense. Let them tee off on people. They're better doing that. But, hey, look, if they want to keep – trying to feature Dak Prescott, then you'll keep featuring Aaron Donald getting yeah, to the passer. Yeah, yeah. That's the way it goes. Just to circle back to Goff, too, like he plays well against the Seahawks. Whether it's a short week or a long week, he carves up the Seahawks, and I think he and Sean see things very clearly against that system, that structure, and they play it a lot. They play it twice per year. You look at Dallas, it's familiar, too, right? Chris Richard is there. His yeah. Seahawks pedigree, his defensive play calling, it's different personnel, wow. but I, I think... I think there's some continuity week to week in terms of what they're seeing offensively. The playbook has been out there too long, I guess. Well, it's, 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 <laughs> for that scheme, I think they have you. Well, yeah, like there's, there are flood <laughs> concepts, right? There, there are short, the, medium, long. The next, yeah. Three, yeah. the next three games is the same defense. The, yeah. the Seahawks, you, you went from Seattle to Dallas to San Fran. All have Seattle's pedigree. Well, four, three, DNA. cover three. Yeah, they're going to have eight in the box. They're going to, you know, play the same techniques on certain situations. They're going to use the same language. You have to be able to play fast, and that's what it comes down to. I do think it has a lot to do with the offensive line as well. And the Rams have a decision to make, specifically at right tackle. We can talk about that as we continue. But next, it's four down territory with Todd Archer. You're listening to Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710. Welcome back to Rams All Access. We continue with four down territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. And we are thankful to have Todd Archer with us, who covers the Cowboys for ESPN's NFL Nation. Todd, is there anything this week that would advance the story of Jason Garrett and his future with the Cowboys? You know, a great question, and I, I don't think there is. And with Jerry Jones, you never say never. So if this is another blowout loss, maybe he would change his mind and make a coaching move with two games to go, but that would surprise me. So I think win or lose, 
This is Jason Garrett's job through the end of the year. Todd, when the initial injury report comes out for this contest, 14 Cowboys are listed. Of those, which ones do you consider the most severe, the most likely to impact Sunday's game? Well, the offensive linemen will all play, so that will impact the Cowboys just fine. They'll have Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, and uh, Lael Collins. The defensive line, Antoine Woods, probably be a question mark about his availability with the knee injury, but they expect him. And the one guy that we know for sure that will be out is Leighton Vander Esch, their linebacker. This will be the fourth straight game he's missed uh, with a neck injury. So that puts more on Sean Lee, who's dealing with a couple of injuries. So now you're in a situation where that linebacker room is really thin this week. So those would be the guys on the injury report where you have some questions about good, good and bad if they play or don't play. Todd Archer covers the Cowboys for ESPN's NFL Nation and is our guest on Four Down Territory. Question number three, Todd, where is the disconnect offensively? I mean, putting up huge counting totals, some individual leaders across the NFL, but it doesn't seem to be translating to enough points or wins recently. Yeah, first time in franchise history they've had a 4,000-yard passer, 1,000-yard rusher, 1,000-yard receiver, and you're right, it's not translating, especially these last three games and this three-game losing streak. They've just kind of hit a wall. Some of it is better competition and what they've played uh, with New England Buffalo in, in Chicago and those defenses, but the Rams, the way they're playing defensively here for a good stretch of a month or so with, with Wade Phillips, not a good time to be struggling. They, they've got to get back to Zeke as the foundation of this offense. That makes everybody better, the passing game, the defense, everything. I just don't know if they're going to be able, would be able to run the ball successfully enough to get back to what their identity is. Well, as dire as it may feel in Dallas, I mean, they're still in great position to win the division to host a playoff game. I'm curious, in your estimation, what are the chances that the Rams catch the best version of the Cowboys, the star-studded roster playing to its full potential this Sunday at Jerry World? This feels different than when the Cowboys lost three games in a row earlier in the season and came out and had their best game against Philadelphia and won 37-10 or something like that. I can't see this Cowboy team putting that version uh, of themselves on display Sunday. They're, they're, they're 3-7 in their last two games. This is more who they are, not that 3-0 and start that they could fall back on back in October. Well, Todd, we appreciate your time midweek. Looking forward to being there on Sunday. It feels like a playoff-worthy matchup, the Rams and the Cowboys. Thank you. Appreciate it. And Rams All Access is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. All right, courtesy to uh, Gil Brandt for this nugget. In the Sean McVay era, the Rams are 5-0 and against teams that entered the matchup on a losing streak of three or more games, like the Cowboys are this week. And the Rams have won those five contests by an average margin of 20 points. 20, wow. I don't know that the uh, Cowboys, with their talent, is uh, in line for a 20-point handling, but we shall see. You know, guys, just real quick on the history of this rivalry, which is is rich and it's long and it's deep and it's even 17-17 in the regular season, but I, I think of the story of the Rams' return to Los Angeles and the role the Cowboys have played, right? Whether it's the preseason game oh, to get goodness. things started, whether it's... The fight. <laughs> the fight. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but I think the real crux of the matter was the Rams going to Dallas in Week 4, 2017 mm. at 2-1. Jared Goff had that breakout performance in the Bay Area, beat the 49ers on a Thursday night game, and it was like, okay, the country's starting to take notice that these Rams are different. But let's see what they do against America's team, right? Let's see what they do against what was considered at the time a Super Bowl favorite. And they were down at the half. 
But Greg Zerline made all seven of his field goals. Remember the defensive adjustment to Marco they made? Michael Brockers is suddenly like a five technique. Yeah. They get a break on a on a muff punt on special teams. Put a neck roll on Alec Ogletree and said, don't be afraid of him. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, they rip one down the seam to go. Yeah. And, and they come home, I think, suddenly the Rams that we have now come to know and love and enjoy. Like, to me, that will always be a milestone of the Sean McVay tenure. I, I think you're exactly right. I, I, you know, this whole season we've talked about confidence and what it does for a team and what it does for an organization, what it does for players and coaches. That game, I think, brought all the confidence. Because I want to say they lost to the Redskins at home. That, that They year. blew out the Colts without a quarterback. Right. Jared Goff threw a pick six to seal a loss to Washington. Yes. And then you go up, you play better against the Niners, mm-hmm. and then it's like, here it is. And so that was the start of everything because I felt like after that it was like, oh, I mean, just running through teams. If you don't turn it over five times against Seattle in yeah. that next home game, and, and or Cooper Cup brings it in in the end zone, wow. yeah. I mean, they, they might have took off like a rocket ship. They still did, but it, right. it might have been more of like what, 2008? 18 was in terms of the the NFC West. What about last year's divisional game? If I remember the narratives correctly, it was the best running team in the National Football League, great offensive line, Zeke coming downhill like a hammer against the most leaky run defense in the league. And it seems like both fronts, offensive and defensive for the Rams, took that personally and they completely dictated the terms. Well, it was it was the first time all year that Indomitian Sue had outplayed Aaron Donald. Ah. Yeah, it was the first time he actually showed up, remember? So, That's a good memory. And it's funny. Um, that was a typical Sue day. We were waiting for that performance all season long. If Seabass has a similar performance in Dallas, we will call that a breakout. Huh. Yes. You know what I mean? But, I mean, that's what we were looking at from him, and that's entirely possible uh, with Seabass to do what Sue did. Uh, the first three or four plays that Zeke carried the football, I think Fowler, like you said, gave Gave him a forearm to the to the the neck area. Mm-hmm. Brockers beasted him on one, and Sue made the first play. So he's a schoolyard bully. When your bigs actually show him, yes, this is the land of the big, and you're not king. He's a different running back. So, yeah. and I think that sort of defense, that physicality, is still possible even without the marquee names and the paycheck. I love that you mentioned Brockers there because you know, kind of Dallas hometown Texas kid, right? It, he represents still he grew up rooting for the Cowboys this is a sentimental game for him especially given the kind of the role adjustment he made the last time we were there but talk about bounce back campaigns I mean what he was asked to do last year playing with Sue and Donald and did willingly and to come back this year and have the year he's having uh, to me one of the unsung heroes of 2019 I think oh no no doubt man I mean he's 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 a consummate pro uh, on the field off the field everything he's exactly what you want maybe the sacks aren't there but we, we, a couple a few games ago he what crossed the 500 tackle yeah no threshold. he's, he's going to have a career year in terms of, of tackles uh, he, he is contributing to sacks to, to pass rush yeah. I mean he's part of the reason why the Rams have three plus sacks worth the in first rounder no doubt I think he was he's worth that first round pick that they spent on him but of anybody on this football team that knows the history, like you said, between especially with the move between the Cowboys and the Rams, it's him mm-hmm. because he's been here the longest from the fight, from some of your debacles in Dallas to getting over the hump in Dallas that second half. Like you mentioned, he's been there through all of it. So 
Uh, this is huge for him. This yeah. is huge. It's huge for the Rams if he plays big in Dallas. The fight you're referencing, that was Oxnard, right? Yeah. yeah. Tremaine Johnson starting a fight with Des Bryant. Des Bryant getting in fights, and he's not even practicing that day, Maurice. Oh, he's I, not I, even in pads. I, I, listen, I've been there. I remember going there with the Raiders practicing against them, and them dudes just chirping, and you're yeah. like, oh, chill out. And then, you know. Wow. It was, it was, it, it's always good times. I, I, yeah. I, I, I firmly believe that the Rams, and you were talking earlier about Robert Woods and what he said. That is, you see that in the building, though. You hear that from people are walking around differently in the building. And, and that type of energy is contagious. And so if you're able to keep that going and, and take bottle that up and take that to Dallas with mm-hmm. you and put a good game to Dallas uh, against Dallas together, like, oh, no. Uh oh, SpaghettiOs! Like here it comes, you know, and, and the matchup that everyone's been waiting for is going to happen in Santa Clara. Prime time, but first a trip to Dallas to face America's team in the afternoon window. MJD, Demarco Far, JB Long. Before we are done, a top-down look at the NFC playoff picture. Plus, Sean McVay has the last word on this back and forth with Maurice Jones-Drew. We will hear that next on ESPN LA 710. All right, welcome back to Rams All Access. Still to come, a quick word on the NFC playoff picture and why the Rams are rooting for the Chargers this week. But first, Maurice, uh, we got Sean McVay to comment one more time on your back and forth about kind of bringing uh, a receiver in short motion, whether you just want the safety in or out of the box, I'll tell you what. You made the comparison to the way Todd Gurley runs versus the way you used to, and then he went out and put it on display with a filthy stiff arm. He did. In for the touchdown last week. So that was a perfect jumping-off point this week on the Coach McVay Show. Here's what he had to say. Even on tight zones would challenge Mo that you do need to dig that guy out because last year against Arizona, Antoine Bethea on a tight zone, even when we left him for the back, made us pay by hitting us into the backfield. It's so the funny one that guy he that got that MJD that in his whole career is wow. the same guy that on the tight zone concept where we didn't insert made us pay in week two against the Cardinals, and then we got it fixed in the, you know in the course of a game. But but I agree. I think there is a balance of making sure because you do write it. You, you are in a lot of instances demonstrating, hey, we're, this is what it is, and you're a little bit more regulated. That's why you do want to be able to have the play action, some different things like that. But um, it is a big thing, and um – I will say this, man. You know, I'm 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 not running the football. I have I didn't do my thing. You know, like he did over the course of his career. But uh, you know, on these certain concepts, you want to block the safety. <laughs> I give a lot of credit. I mean, I, I think there was so much criticism about McVeigh maybe being a one trick pony or being figured out or whatever. And you look at what he's done, basically starting with that Chicago win, in in reinventing, rejuvenating this offense. Let's face it, he's still one of the best out there. And anyone who says otherwise doesn't know what they're talking about. No, no, no question. I, I think sometimes we get caught in our ways and we want to win our way. Um, but I felt like in Chicago, he, he realized you don't, um, you're down two receivers, a bunch of brand new offensive linemen and three and out running the ball is better than anything. And you have to, that's, that's hard to accept as an offensive player or offensive mind. And so, uh, the way he was, he's been able to shift his, his, his offense around to work. It's been masterful. I, I got to say this. If your safeties can tackle, expect to get blocked. If Taylor Rapp is free to the football against anybody, you're stupid. He's the best tackler right. on the team. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He has to be blocked constantly. No, I think that uh, gap he shot to make a third down tackle early in that Seahawks game is one of the kind of subtle plays that all adds up to dictating the course of a Sunday night at the Coliseum. 
Rams All Access brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. All right, the playoff picture. San Francisco now back at the top. Thanks to the Rams beating Seattle. They finish with Atlanta, the Rams, and then at Seattle. Green Bay is 10-3. and They're in the two spot. But how about this? If Chicago beats Green Bay at Lambeau this week in the early window, the Rams will control their own playoff destiny before they kick off against the Cowboys. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta put our trust in Mitch Trubisky. You don't have to. You don't have to. But they did just beat yeah. the Cowboys. Now they yeah. have a long week to play wow. division game. And I wouldn't say that the that the Packers are clicking on but all cylinders right now. This is the two hundredth right meeting, right? This is a big deal, and it's in Lambeau. Uh, they're, I'm not saying okay. they're going up there as the favorites. <laughs> Remember, th- I'll say this: the Bears are getting a Keem Hicks back, and we saw okay. how dominant oh. he was. Okay. Wow. Can he rush Rodgers? Good call. Yes. Then there's New Orleans already has the division title wrapped up. But I will say this. That game between New Orleans and San Francisco last week was costly for both teams. For San Francisco, center Weston Richburg, a knee. D4 to hamstring. Richard Sherman, a hamstring. K1 Williams, a corner, a concussion. On the New Orleans side, they lost Marcus Davenport and Sheldon Rankins long term. It's a reminder to me that not only do the Rams have to maybe win out, but they have to win out with health, right? Yes. Because it's it's all for naught if you lose a, a piece like that along the way. And maybe the Niners and the Saints, while they have the wins, aren't going to be peaking at the right time. All that to say, the opponent that you're most laser-focused on, I would say, is Minnesota at 9-4. and four. That's likely who you're competing against for the final NFC playoff spots. They're in Carson while you play the Cowboys. Well, got, talking to Kurt Warner, we talk about... Our time as teammates a lot, but he also talks about his run in Arizona when they made the Super Bowl after a nine and seven season. And the one thing they never gave up on was each other and hope. So sometimes these things fall your way. So when you think it's out of it or when you think you've had no shot, two months from now or two weeks from that point, everything changed. Mm-hmm. And we could be hitting that point for the Rams right now in December. Let me just ask you, you know, here at this moment in time, with three games, the Chargers, the Packers, and the Bears left on their schedule, how many of those three do you think the Vikings win? Probably all three. I mean, probably all three. I mean, they're they're good enough to win. Dalvin Cook is having a fantastic if, season. If it's all three, then and they got a great defense. If it's all three, then your only hope is yeah. Chicago beating Green Bay now and right. and, and winning out. What about you, Maurice? Chargers, Packers, I can, Bears. I can for the see. Them winning all three. Yeah. I can see them losing all three. I I mean, the way the Chargers dismantled the Jaguars in Jacksonville, I, I get it. They didn't put up much of a fight, but I mean, Phillip Rivers was on fire. Hmm. Um, I, I, I can see them going, I can see anything happening in that situation yeah. because you're playing teams that are playing well right now. Like, regardless of what the Bears are, they're playing really well right now. I mean, they're, you and win. And they in, still have hope. And they still have hope. You just played two Thursday night games back to back. And you slapped the mm. Cowboys. Like, it wasn't even close. Mr. Trubisky was doing everything that he, they wanted him to do, running the ball, all different types of things. Allen Robinson's catching it. Khalil Mack's getting sacks. They're, they're, I mean, they're creating turnovers. Like, it's, they're, they're hitting their stride right now. I just don't know what chargers you get because they're out of it. Well, what about, what about and the Vikings? You're just playing for pride. So, maybe, and Minnesota maybe gets. But they got Derwin back and they look like gangbusters against a terrible Jacksonville team. So maybe. Right. But being mathematically out of it, that's yeah. going to do something to you mentally. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that. And then, but I would say Minnesota is geared to beat Green Bay. They're in your division, but Green Bay is also mm. geared to beat you. So well, that game the, can go either what, way. What happened with Minnesota and Seattle on Monday night? Like that was supposed to be like, 
Dalvin got knocked out. Well, that, yeah, do that. I mean, you, Aaron Donald knocked out Breeze. And, I, that game. and I will say yeah. the other thing about the Vikings, I know we're short on time here, is their defense didn't deliver. I mean, no. everyone points yeah. at Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins. He gave them the lead in the fourth quarter, and the defense, which is supposed to be good enough to win that game, didn't. Did not. Anyway, back to the Rams and the Cowboys. That's where we are off to. We'll see you from Arlington on Sunday. The Rams win that one, and in all likelihood, they're going to have a scenario going into that final game, Week 17, against the Cardinals where they can make the postseason. And how fun would that be to finish out the calendar year that way? You guys enjoy the rest of your evening. Uh, I have to go have a baby between now hey. and when I, when I see you against the Cowboys. So prayers up for that one. would appreciate Absolutely. your support. And uh, everyone else, have a great rest of your week. Look forward to talking to you from Jerry World.